Explore the history, relationships, expertise, and data that go into ensuring Stein growers get maximum yield potential. This is the Stein Seedcast. Here's your host, David Thompson. Hello, and welcome to the Stein Seedcast. I'm your host, David Thompson, National Marketing and Sales Director for Stein Seed Company. We've got another great episode lined up with special guests, expert insights, and discussion on everything you need to know about maximizing yield potential. On today's episode, our special guest is Myron Stein, president of Stein Seed Company. Welcome back to the show, Myron. Thank you, David. So Myron's here to discuss an important milestone that we're excited to celebrate, the 45th anniversary of the Stein brand. As the son of company founder Harry Stein, Myron essentially grew up in the seed business. In today's episode, Myron's going to share some of his earliest memories of Stein Seed Company, how he started his career path in the organization, and what it means for us to celebrate 45 years of the branded business. So let's get started. Well, so Myron, first of all, how about a quick recap? I know you've been on the show before, but let's let's kind of give everybody a ground set. Talk about um, your history with the company and kind of your work path within Stein. Yeah, so so I started on the farm, farm boy, loved the farm, loved equipment, and uh, I I did I did the farm work all through high school, all through college. Went to college for uh, crop science. And at the time, I wasn't – well, at the time, I, I guess I felt I'm, I'd probably go into the research program because I, I had interest in that. And I had been – on the farm, I had done some work in the research program. And uh, when I got out of school, my father uh, said that they had some open sales territories in, in different parts of the country because at that time, our company had purchased um, nine other seed companies – so we had some opportunity. We had some open areas. And uh, so I, I took one of those in Illinois. I, I actually tried to stay in Iowa, but they said <laughs> no. And they sent me to Illinois, around Decatur, Illinois. So I started as a sales rep in the central part of Illinois. And uh, after I did that for about five years, I then took a regional position. I took care of Illinois and Wisconsin as a regional manager. At that time, we had five regions. Today, we have 40 regions. And then I uh, eventually took the general general manager position. I did that out of Illinois. Um, and then uh, eventually, I was asked to move back to Iowa. I'd been in Illinois for over 10 years at that point. And uh, I moved back to Iowa, became the VP of the company, and... Uh, then uh, now I'm president of, of the brand. Um, so I've gone through all the different levels. I haven't been a dealer, but I've, <laughs> right. but I've done everything but a dealer. So yeah, yeah, that's my, that's my, uh, my, my adventures in Stein Seed Company. So um, I guess I'm curious when you, when you moved to Illinois, took on that ISR role, you know, you really had no prior sales experience, uh, but you had all this experience about who Stein was as a company. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Looking back, it seems like a lot to bite off. Like, how did how did you approach that when you moved into that area? Well, the company was very different at that time. And, and one thing I did do prior to that is I had attended some sales meetings. I had, I had uh, Doug Brower, who is a sales representative that's been in our company for quite some time. I um, spent time with him. He taught me some things. 
Uh, there were a couple other reps I spent time with. So I actually, I, I knew a little bit about what that position was, was supposed to do. And seed at that time, especially soybean seed, was simpler than what it is today. Sure. Because you didn't have the trait part um, in, in there. So, so not, not, not to say that it was an easy job, but, but, there, but what, there were fewer things to understand and fewer things to learn. And really what made you successful then was just having discipline and getting yourself out and, and doing the work. So getting out, seeing dealers, getting out and prospecting just every day. Yeah, we, we only add dealerships. Yeah. You know, as a rep, I could not sell direct. I could, I could sign a farmer up as a dealer. But, uh, but really for me to maximize my time, I had to find a dealership that would resell the product. So in the intro, we talked about the fact that, you know, we're excited that this year's going to mark the 45th anniversary of Stein brand. And we know that the farm and some of the other aspects of the organization have been around longer than that. But when we talk about Stein brand, you know, 45 years is, is pretty impressive. And uh, as you tell your story, it recurs to me, uh, you know, you and, and the company have kind of grown up together through this whole process. Are there things that you think about? When you see our organization today, do you look back and, and, and are there things that just strike you as, man, things have really, really changed? Oh, oh, very much so. Yeah, there, there are some things that have not changed, but definitely we are, we are better and we've taken everything that we did well back then and made it better and better. That's the best way to describe that. Um, however, we've kept with with the the same values because i will tell you when we started as a company i I like to i like to say that there are some things that a seed company needs to bring to a farmer and then there's some things that the farmer wants the seed company to bring to them we had always been very very good at bringing the things to the grower that they need that we think are essential and um, some companies don't do those things very well, and we have always done them very well. And still today, we, ha- we, we do that same thing, and that's, that's performance in our genetics. That's, we think that's the low-hanging fruit for anybody. And uh, so we still do that very, very well. So that has not changed. However, oh, gosh, we have, you know, um, today we have 300-some, 300-plus reps. Back when I was, was the company, we had... 45 or something like that. So it, it was just very, very different. And back then, um, the the trait part was not in soybean. So you're selling you're selling just conventional soybeans. There was more Ben Run. Um, Frank, fr- frankly, as a as a uh, as a seedsman, I don't want to say this. This sounds a little negative, but you're you're the bottom of the bucket. You know the the, the <laughs> The chem, the chem people were above you. They had the big budgets, and when the farmer had a problem, they were always talking to the chem people. With the seed company, we were just kind of the, the, the guys at the bottom of the ladder looking up, you know, at everything else. Yeah, there was, uh, your, to your point, it seems like there was a perception that the crop protection side of the business was where all of the technology and all the advancement was, and seed guys, they just, you know produce seed and put it in a bag and <laughs> sell it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we didn't, we didn't have big budgets and, and today we don't have big budgets either, but, 
but back then the the uh, the chemistry side of agriculture was was very valuable. It was it was it made it made some farmers and some farmers went broke if they didn't use the right chemistry and and so it was a big deal and so they were yep. willing to pay uh, huge, huge dollars for that technology. So you know we we talked about some of the changes and things and and one thing that I think has certainly changed in our industry in the last forty five years is that um, there are a lot fewer seed brands <laughs> in the marketplace than there were you know, 45 years ago. Um, why do you think Stein Seed Company has been able to grow and succeed? Certainly not the largest, you know, brand in the industry, but um, as you said, we've been from 45 reps to 300 and continuing to grow each and every year. How how has our organization been able to sustain that growth over these last 45 years? So, so our focus from day one has been on the pro- – has been on genetics – and performance. And you could argue that, oh, well, a seed company needs to sell more than just genetics and performance to, to be successful. But if, if you don't have those components as, as the core of your company, you know, if you're focused on customer service, you're focused on having, having a beautiful production facility or having uh, pretty bags or having great trips, if you're focused on something other than the core component of having the best product, which is being the most profitable for your customer, um, you're, 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 you're going to miss the boat and you're not going to have longevity. We have always had that as our core, as our core uh, uh, meaning. And I think that has, over the years, uh, allowed us to to continue to grow. Um, we have also had a focus on keeping our overhead low. I think that some companies don't do that, and at the end of the day, you have to look at look at your overhead and say, how does that help our customer? We've done a very good job there. So just because of all those things, it's given us longevity. And even today, 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 I was talking to my father about the future of our brand. And we don't see why you just couldn't keep this brand going on for, for quite some time. I mean, I dare I say forever, but, but, uh, uh, quite some time there's, there's nothing that is really holding us back. And, and, you know, I think, I think that's kind of the, uh, the, the trick to the whole thing, because what you're talking about is, is, um, some would say basic blocking and tackling, to use that term, and yet so many people overlook it, and it's certainly not as exciting as flashy facilities and that's right <laughs> other yeah. things. Yeah. And so it's always a, probably a little bit better for show if you have a nice new building and if you have you know um, lots of different uh, people and technologies that you're using. But if you're not doing that foundational work that you're describing. It's kind of window dressing, I guess. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so when you think about where the industry is today, and we've talked about some of the changes, you know, certainly that we've seen just in our time, um, how do you think Stein is positioned today compared to when, you know, let's say when you, when you started, you know, in the 90s? Uh, what What's our position of strength now relative to what it was in the 90s? Like I said, we still have our core 
strengths. We're still focused on bringing brand new genetics out of our breeding entities. When I look at the market, the farms are getting bigger. And I guess when we started, you could argue we were too focused on genetics. We were too focused on performance. We probably weren't doing enough in customer service. We probably weren't doing enough in agronomy. And today, though, as the farms get bigger, that customer service and agronomy component become less important because, well, big farms, they do it themselves. You know, they're, they're really looking for a good genetic supplier. We've got that handled. We're, we're exceptional at, at being a genetic supplier to a farm. So I think because we know that business very, very well, that gives us a promising future for uh, the larger farmers that we're getting. At the same time, though, you still have the, the smaller grower out there, whether they just don't want to grow or, you know, for whatever reason, they're the size they are. Some of them are very successful. They need that agronomy support. They need that customer service. And we have an emphasis to, to, have, to, to be first in class with agronomy support and customer service. So I feel like our company is going to have everything we need for that smaller grower and every, everything we need for that larger grower. And that larger grower, like I said, that market's growing every day or every season is probably the best way to put that. Um, so, yeah, so we have a promising future uh, because we're set up in those two areas. And then the last thing is, is we're cost effective. I would, I would tell you that we're a lean company and we've done a good job of staying that way. And as we grow, we're not, uh, we're not having um, overhead costs, which I, which I would consider wasteful and, and unreasonable and unpurposeful for a seed company. Well, and that's a good point because that gives you the strength in the organization to because, frankly, you know the seed business is not unlike farming. There's boom and bust cycles, and every time that happens, consolidation happens and brands go away. And uh, one of the beautiful parts about our organization, I think, is is keeping that overhead low and being very efficient at what we do. Um, uh, you know, always exciting when we think about the fact we've continued to grow over these decades and really for all intents and purposes you know layoffs are not in our vocabulary because we grow smart and we continue to just kind of grow where needed and uh, it's, it's, it's never happened right we just right. don't have the ups and downs uh, because we just kind of continue to grow it but we don't outpace where our growth is, it seems like. Right. So, you know, these the breeding programs that we have access to, um, again, that's been a strength is our ability to get really, really good genetics into the marketplace. Um, compared to uh, over the course of time, over the last 45 years, you know, what's different about the breeding programs? We talked about the similarity being they're still focused on yield, still focused on finding the best products. What are they doing uh, today that might be different than what they were doing starting out? It's like anything. The breeding programs just have more technology. You know, they have better combines. They have better technology to get their data um, in in a more timely fashion. They have better technology to review that data. Um, they're bigger. That's that's one thing. You know, they 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 have figured out how to grow the program 
and be just as efficient. Um, so those are the big differences I've seen there. And then, frankly, they've, they've been very successful just, you know, both in providing Stein brand with genetics, but also on the licensing side. And that's, that's allowed them to get bigger, too. And when you say bigger, I mean, just in general terms, you know, is that, you know, on an order of, you know, double, triple, you know. Well, I, a, g- a good way to look at it is I believe they'll have between 170 to 185 elite locations. I remember when they had 40. And, and I keep tabs on the breeding side because I, I was involved with, with some of that, you know, when I was younger. And, and I, I enjoy watching it and seeing it. So I don't work directly in it, but I keep tabs on it. And I have been just just flabbergasted when I started to see the number of locations they have where they're, where they're testing these new products. It's, it's, uh, it's quite extensive. But, that, but I think that's also the other part of one, – one other part of the beauty of the system that's been built there is how flat the layers are, you know, I mean, we work in the same office and from day to day, I'll see, you know, uh, corn research people in your office, soybean research people, farm manager, uh, the finance team, you know, whatever. I mean, I mean, everything is intertwined in in a way that um, uh, probably isn't the way with a lot of other organizations. Right. And you can, you can keep tabs on other, other areas, which, which you may not work directly in, but but uh, it's it's fun fun to see that fun to see what other people are doing. So, uh, switching gears a little bit, I want to talk about since we're talking about forty five years of the Stein brand. Um, I think that's also a little bit of a you know uh, um, feather in the cap. You know, uh, great brands come and go th- over time, and uh, Stein has been fortunate to be operating kind of under the same brand name, under the same owner for forty five years. Curious as to what you think, uh, what value does that provide? The fact that you know, again, still the same brand as when we started. Well, so today we're the fourth largest soybean brand in the U.S., and um, I think if we stick with our, um, with what we started with back in 1979, with the same principles and values, and if we keep that. Uh, hooked to the brand, um, it's obviously worked. It's it's been it's been the right thing for that brand, um, and, and I see no reason for us to change or or do anything differently. Uh, if it's not broke, don't don't you know don't try to fix it. Um, so so I think that's what that's the future of our brand. That's that's who we are. We're going to stick with it. Over the years, we've been criticized that we're not marketing focused enough, and and uh, that's not who we are. It's it's true. We could we could have been more marketing focused 10, 20 years ago, um, but we chose not to do that. We chose to stick with what we what we know and what we do best, and uh, it's working. It's working, and it and it's it's the it's the uh, the strategy that's done well in the long haul certainly seems to be so far. <laughs> so, yeah. um, talking about you know, and again, I've I've been here for twenty five years. Um, 
one of the things I've seen is, is, that, that is a common thread that runs throughout this organization is, is people, uh, great people. And I know something that you talk a lot about is, is work culture within an organization. Um, talk a little bit about you know, why, I mean, I guess what your thoughts are and how you think that maybe benefits us in our organization. Well, so I, I, I have a couple philosophies, so to speak, that I, that I stick to. And, and the first thing is that, like even with myself, when I'm looking at people to work with me, um, you know, I will go and figure out a specific job and figure out, you know, what it takes to get that job done. And typically I can always find somebody that can do that job way better than me. And so I think we've done a good job of that. So I think we've put some good people on uh, in parts of our company that uh, excel at what they're doing. And then I think the people that work uh, above them and with them um, that have to you know, watch that job get done recognize when the job's not getting done. Um, you know, that component's there too. But... Uh, then the next thing with that is I think that we do a good job of being focused on character with our, our team. I think our, if you look at the, the team of people we have on the marketing and sales side, they have phenomenal character. I think character is more important with a person than um, intelligence than in, uh, than in anything you can have someone very intelligent and very knowledgeable that has bad character and things go south quickly. And you can have someone with really good character and you can say, well, they're not super intelligent on this one particular topic, but over time they'll probably figure it out and they'll do a really, really good job with it. And so um, I've, I've always had that philosophy that character is important. Um, and yes, with work culture, um, today, if you come to our office building, you know, over COVID, we gave everybody the choice if they wanted to, they could, we, we gave them the right equipment where they could work from home. And, um, I was surprised nobody wanted to go and work from home. And, um, I think some of that's because we have a good work culture within our within our office uh, that's providing the sales support to our salespeople. Um, if you look at our management team, we don't have a high turnover of people on our management team. We don't have people saying, okay, I'm leaving Stein because I don't like this company. Um, and we've had some people leave and, and maybe, maybe that was a good thing. Maybe we, you know, we worked with them and thought they should be leaving. Um, but we don't have a lot of people jumping ship. And I think that shows uh, um, also a, um, that that's a good variable to use to, to measure how your work culture is within your company, even out in the field. So, sure. so I, think, I think we tackle all those areas quite well. And in, in the broader picture, even looking at a lot of other departments, one of the things that always struck me is um, uh, the longevity of people in, in, in our organization, you know, as you go around throughout the departments, it's uh, most, uh, many, many people measure their tenure there in decades, you know, and yeah. more than one decade. <laughs> um, 
so there must be something to that that the, that people have bought in to a process and a system and and what Harry and has built and what the rest of the team is trying to accomplish. So pretty exciting. Yeah, Harry. Harry has definitely you know Harry on on his side. He's in a you know he's in a different. For me, I feel like sometimes he's in a different uh, area than we are on the sales and marketing side. But he has some people. You know, you look at Chuck Hansen. You know, he is he is been able to find some people uh, out there that, that are just first class, get the job done better than anybody else. That, that's just one example. Um, so you see that throughout the organization. So it's not just, it's not just sales and marketing. It's, it's everywhere. So, um, you know, talking about you, one of the things that I think is great about you is uh, you really are at home uh on the road, um, sitting across the table from our customers, hearing what they, hearing Thank what you. they have to say. Um, and, um, I, I guess tell me a little bit about why you, uh, why you choose to spend your time doing that. Okay. Well, well, the number one reason is, you know, as far as desk work, I am the slowest, most incompetent person out there when it comes down to desk work. Um, That's a brutally honest answer. Yes, right yes, yes. I think I think you would agree. I think you've, <laughs> you've, you've seen me in action. Um, uh, so so thank you. But but uh, um, I'm a I'm a firm believer that if someone in my position is not out in the field talking to our customers you're not going to have a clue as to what you need to be doing um, if you're making changes or making adjustments in our company. And, and so what I like to do, you're, you're right, you're spot on. What I like to do is get out there and talk to larger producers, whether they're on the East Coast or in, in the northern areas or the southern, you know, just all over the the entire U.S. I'd, I'd make some trips uh, uh, to some of, on some of our international business also, but there in the U.S., that's my passion. Our U.S. business is my passion, and I feel like I have to be everywhere and engaged with with farmers just to understand what does our company need to be doing to continually provide what they need. Well, and, and, and I think that's great. And I'll tell a quick story. You know, we were at a grower event this winter, and I had a grower who who commented to me, said, you know, what I love about your organization is, you know, uh, a couple of years ago I had Myron Stein sitting at my kitchen table. And he said, I'll tell you this, uh, and I won't say the name of a company, but he said, you know, I don't have Mr. fill-in-the-blank from a large multinational company that guy doesn't exist, so he's not at my kitchen table talking to me. And so I think that's uh, uh, tremendous that, that you're willing to go out there and talk to, to customers because you're right. That's how we get feedback. That's how we learn uh, how we can better service these customers that we have. Um, so looking back, you know, again, we're, we're talking about 45 years of the brand. You've been here since 1994. As it relates to the branded business, uh, in your tenure here since 94, which would now be what, 30? 30 years? 29 years. 29 years. Um, are there milestones for you that stand out in your mind over that 30 years that you've been 
involved with the branded business? Yeah, so, well, you know, we've gone from being a regional company. When I started, we were a regional company. We very much functioned like a regional company, and we were just in the heart of the Corn Belt. Today, we're an international brand. We're an international company. Um, so see, seeing that has, has been, you know, it's, it's, it's neat to look at that. Probably the biggest thing for me is, um, when I just look at what the brand's done as far as climbing its position and against all the other brands, because 10 years ago we were number seven, as far as a brand, maybe number eight, and today we're number four. And so the the milestones that I see are just the big ones when I look at the big 50,000-foot picture over a 10- to 20-year period and just how we're growing. And we're, and we're just slowly growing, and we're doing it cost-effectively, and we're doing it with without a lot of turbulent, crazy things happening as we're growing. And that's what we need to do. And we need to keep on going to be, we need to be number one someday. And that's a long ways away because the number one brand out there is, is Pioneer, which is a great brand, wonderful brand. Uh, but we need to figure out how do we be better than them. And right now I'd say in a number of things we are better than them. And uh, we need to just exploit that, keep working hard. And, uh, you know, competition makes the world go around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so then maybe when we're number one, then we'll have to figure out something different to do. I don't know. <laughs> the next hill to climb. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I guess uh, just curious, you know, from, from your seat, you know, what do you wish uh, people knew about uh, Steinbrand and the seed business that maybe they don't know as well as you do? That's the obvious. You know, we can statistically show you that you take our Enlistee3 lineup, for instance, and you give a grower five lines out of our catalog, and then a grower can use five lines out of somebody else's catalog, and some of those likely may be licensed from the same breeding entity we're licensing from. And we're going to average two bushel better on the farm with those our five lines relative to the other five lines. And we're going to win 73% of the time. I, I wish, you know, I wish I could show that to everybody. I wish I, I wish, I wish I could sit every grower down and say, look, we have a better mousetrap, <laughs> you know, two bushel per acre, which is, which is 20 to 30 bucks more in your pocket per acre, um, is a big deal. And we have that it's, it's, and, and, and it's our system. It's, it's not, it's nothing that we're doing that's, that's, that's outlandish. It's it's our system is geared to continually carry the newest material and the best material. And the way we pick our lineup, we think is better than what our competition does. 
and I wish I wish I had a way to really show every grower out there. And uh, it's tough. It's it's tough to show them that performance uh, gain that they would have and, and the benefits to it. It's it, well, and maybe tough, but more than that, I'd say. Do you think it's just? It seems deceptively simple. Yes. Like like they think well it's it can't be that easy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yet 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 I will tell you you know you asked me earlier about you know what what keeps you know why is a brand still surviving and doing well? That's one of the main reasons because that's our core value and we've done it right. We've done that well. And but it's it's hard to see. A grower has a hard time seeing a couple bushel advantage. You have to look at the big picture. And furthermore, I said, we only win 73% of the time. You know, yeah. the rest of the time, we're, 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 not, we're not winning. Um, so, you know, that's hard. That's, that's tough, too. Yep. And logic isn't assumed in every case. That's you right. Know, when you're t- <laughs> um, yeah. So as we kind of wind down here, we're, you know, thinking about, the past 45 years i just am curious we talked about a lot of things here but is there anything that stands out in your mind that you'd say would be the biggest um change that our brand has undergone or experienced in that 45 year window biggest change well that's that's a tough one (laughs) and we still have the same uh the same sales and marketing guy (laughs) <laughs> which is you um, hasn't changed. Thank goodness. Yeah, that, yeah, that hasn't changed. Boy, I, I see nothing. You know, aside from just aside from just scaling up what we know works. That's that's all we've done. We've taken a system that we know works and just made that bigger, and it's worked. <laughs> you know, some some things don't work when you make them bigger, yeah. and in business and. And ours has has worked well. Even our production system, our production system, which I think is is uh, uh, very novel, um, we've we've simply scaled that up and, and made that work. Uh, so that's been our biggest our biggest uh, change, our biggest um, uh, contributor to to growing the brand. Yes, I'm, so I'm wondering if maybe the answer here is uh, the secret to our success is remaining true to the core of what made yep. us successful in the first place. Yep, we have we haven't changed that. We have, you know, aside aside from we, we've not we have not made big changes from who we were back in 1979. Aside from the addition of what I would say is a world class agronomy support department and then the focus on customer service and we've always had customer service but now i will tell you uh we, we started this a couple years ago on saying okay we're going to be number one and i was just in a meeting um and i had a number of agronomy staff and salespeople acknowledge that we were the only company that was working with the farmers in the area, um, um, we were dotting our I's and crossing our T's when it came down to the replant situation they had. We were going out with the grower and, and, and making sure that the grower was taken care of and the other companies were not. 
in it, and we had numerous, numerous um, explanations of, of other companies that were not uh, doing that. And uh, that makes you feel good when you, when you hear that. Yeah, and, and maybe that's a great testament to the service side of the equation because, uh, you know, someone's, someone said, well, it's real easy to look like a hero when everything's going well. But it's when things go badly. <laughs> that's when your medal's tested, and that's when people remember who you are based on some of the struggles that you go through together. Right. And, and right. that's where you prove your reputation. So, so as we close here, we're thinking about 45. So obviously five years from now will be a golden anniversary, 50 years. Where do you hope that we are as a sales organization five years from now? We think we can be a strong number three in the, in the branded side, in the brand position for the U.S., I see some of our other overseas activities growing also. Um, but so we'll be a strong number three. And at that time, that means we'll be looking to see how do we become number two. And that'll be a whole, a whole, new, <laughs> a whole new adventure to, to get that done. Pedal down. Yep. Well, awesome. Myron, again, thanks for coming on, joining us on the podcast today. And, um, talking about your story and kind of joining us as we set off on this 45th anniversary celebration in 2024 season. I uh, appreciate your input and thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Well, that's our time today. I want to thank our guests and our listeners for joining us on another episode of the Stein Seedcast. We'll be back again soon with more expert interviews and insights about all things Stein. And to never miss an episode, Subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. Subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. To learn more about Stein and its elite corn and soybean genetics, visit steinseed.com. Stein has yield. <laughs>